Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 131 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin the Professor Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. How you doing, Justin? Doing really well. Yeah, just uh, wrapped up another day of work. Went for a quick little little stroll just to decompress a bit, get away from the desk, as is so important when you're working from home. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling uh, feeling good. Fresh air was fresh air was nice. Yeah, I will be going for a walk as soon as we're done recording tonight, and I'm looking forward to it because I've, I've I've had that mental block where I just I couldn't. I couldn't get myself to go out the door just because just thinking about all the stuff going on in Nova Scotia with the <clears throat> with the increased cases and and all that. But uh, I'm at the point now where I'm like I've been sedentary for like two weeks, and I, I'm starting to feel it like yep. physiologically, if that's the right word, um, <laughs> or just physically. I guess is the word. Uh, <laughs> Just my insides feel very squishy, so I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's go out for, let's go for a walk. I'm just going to go for like an hour, not a big deal. And uh, it'll be good, right? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, man, I miss, <laughs> I used to go for walks every day. I, I would do like somewhere between 5 and 10K and just shut it down. It's, I mean, just the last six weeks have been rough but you know what uh break out the brooms professor yeah. because we, we swept the braves again just like yeah just like i said <laughs> uh all the matchups worked exactly the way that we had hoped when we had our previous episode where we brought on uh ross stripling who was phenomenal today today being uh thursday may the 13th uh in our win against the braves um do you get any feedback you hear from anybody about the uh the ross stripling episode yeah i had a couple of friends uh a couple of coworkers actually message me on slack and say hey like listen to the latest episode of the podcast uh that was super cool i didn't even know they listened so that was nice um yeah my sister messaged me my mom as soon as we published the episode my mom texted me it was like ross stripling question mark exclamation mark that's awesome so i said yeah it was a good yeah, time so pretty awesome. yeah shout and, out uh, to the andersons yeah, even I noticed that you, you had shared a link with me today that somebody had posted a quote from the chat we had with Ross on the Blue Chase subreddit. So that was pretty cool to see. That was super cool there. because it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah it I, was I, some I, random. I looked at the post history and I was like, this is not Patrick. No, it ain't me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was very cool to start to see that sort of uh, pop up on, in the middle of Reddit. Hopefully... Hopefully we see it uh, see it a little bit more in the future. That'd be nice, um, yeah. But if you do like our stuff, you can always follow us on the Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You can check out our website too and drop us a question, bfmdpodcast.com, content TVD, leave us alone about it. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, <laughs> Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a whole bunch more. Shout out to the fans in Buffalo. Cannot wait to be back at Salem Field. Sucks that the Bisons have to go someplace else, but yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to Salem Field. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, very, I want to talk. Excited. I want to talk about uh, what I've been doing the last like few weeks uh, with, with my girlfriend, Taryn. So 
Uh, we've been, we've been, we fin- we, she had never seen Star Wars before. So we watched through all the Star Wars stuff, including Ooh. the animated series, except for Resistance, because that doesn't exist in my opinion. Um, yeah. But now we've been rewatching all the Marvel stuff. We, we watched like, we obviously watched WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier when those came out. Um, and then we've started rewatching all the movies. So we finished phase one. And so nice. far, we've watched uh, Thor: The Dark World and Iron Man three in Phase two. So next up on deck for us is going to be The Winter Soldier, followed by the Guardians movies, and then Age of Ultron. So we're we're clipping along at a pretty good pace. Yeah, you got um, a lot. You got a lot to cover. Yeah, the only bad thing is we had to kind of go off off Disney Plus to watch Spider Man because those aren't on there yet. Right, um, right, right, right. So we'll have to. I'll, I can't forget to do that because I think that's like right around now too because he comes in and. Oh, he comes in in Civil War, so he'll be Civil in Phase War. Three. Yeah, so we'll get yeah. Spider Man in there after the, Ultron, and it'll be fun. <laughs> the Disney Plus, though, they're 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 uh, the Spider Man movies are coming. Yeah, I think home, they still have existing re- agreements with whatever streaming services they're on now. I can't remember if it's Netflix or what they're on. I'm assuming Netflix. But uh, yeah, so we've been we've been doing that, and it's been it's been fun. I totally forgot the plot to Iron Man Three. I think I've only ever watched it like maybe twice, once in the theater and maybe once like five or so years ago. Um, yeah, it was actually super good. Like I, I enjoyed it. A lot of character development for Tony Stark with the whole anxiety attacks he has throughout the film. And yeah, the villain was the villain was good. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. I, I forgot how good it was. Yeah, the bait and switch that happens in Iron Man 3 is maybe mm-hmm. the best part of it, but also the worst part of it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But definitely go check it out. But uh, before we move on, I'm just curious because we never, we didn't do a follow up on this one. What was Taryn's favorite uh, Star Wars? The Clone Wars animated series. Yeah. She has good really? taste. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she loved the not Clone Empire Wars. Not Empire Strikes Back, but no, like she loved Wars. she loved the Clone Wars, like the whole the entire Clone series, just because of how much character development they do. And she's a huge Captain Rex fan. <laughs> oh my god! So this is, yeah, this is bizarre. It's yeah, so she strange. loved she loved the dynamic between like uh, like Rex, Ahsoka, and Anakin throughout the series. She loved all of that <laughs> stuff, which I mean, I I totally get because that's <laughs> yeah, a great yeah. character trio. So. Yeah. Um, she did like, she said that her favorite two movies were Rogue One and Empire Strikes Back, though. So, all right, that's yeah, yeah. that's what I was kind of driving at. I mean, there's yeah. technically there's nine movies in the Skywalker saga, but Rogue One and Solo Rogue One is, is like have to be there. Yeah. Rogue One is compulsory. Like it's yeah, it's just a part of it now, and it plays so well. It's so good, dude. Yeah, it is so very good. Yeah, it's, I think it's the best. Uh, not marvel the best star wars movie made since jedi yeah i would agree with that uh and uh, no hate for the prequels uh the sequels we'll leave those out (laughs) let's get to some news uh let's talk about alec manoa patrick um he pitched again yesterday so in his debut last week he threw six innings gave up two hits hit three batters and struck out 12 Now, how does he follow it up? He pitches another six innings. This time he gives up one hit, walks two batters, doesn't hit any, and strikes out five. He threw 76 pitches over six innings, which is an insanely good average. Um, And he's threw 49 of those pitches for strikes. So he was 
two thirds in the strike zone, one third kind of out, which is kind of what you want to see, really. You're not going to throw everything for strikes. And yeah, didn't give up a single run. So um, he he very good. <laughs> yeah, if he does, if he does like three or four more starts like this line, he will get oh, the call up man. immediately. I don't see how like John Morosi was on um, Sportsnet Fan 590 and uh, he was saying that he thinks that Manoa could be up within six weeks is what he was what he said. So. That's What's uh five starts five starts is 30 days, right? Or yeah. Close to it. Yeah, about so it's like it, he could be up yeah. by like July 1 basically. Somewhere isn't there. Or sorry, June like middle of June, sorry. Yeah. If yeah, that I tracks. Yeah, I would say yeah, I would say something like that. It really depends on what his next few starts look like, but I mean right. if he keeps up this line, I, you can't justify not. I mean, yeah. stuff is playing Big time in AAA. I mean, he skipped what? He skipped. Levels? He skipped A ball. He skipped high A ball, and he skipped Double A. Because he he pitched in Vancouver, which is short season rookie ball back in 2019. So yeah. But keep it's in mind, tough. I've talked about it before. He's 23, so he's not he's not a baby. He's a college a college guy. So he's got His the stuff plays like yeah. He's, get, he's got heat. Uh, he's very intimidating. He's he's, he's big. Lethal. He's he's six six two sixty. That's a he's monster. A big, he, he a big boy. Yeah. Uh, his big, line through two pitches or through two starts. He's thrown 157 pitches over 12 innings. Uh, three hits, four hit batters, two walks, <laughs> and uh, 17 strikeouts. So no runs. Opponents, yeah, no runs at all. Opponents batting average of 081, a whip of 0.42. So Oof. and he's getting more ground ground balls than he is uh, getting flyouts. So. Yeah, he is uh, through two starts. He's doing everything that he needs to do to say like, "Yeah, I'm ready to help this team." So that's pretty exciting. Hashtag free Manoa. <laughs> how okay? This is this is a ridiculous question to ask. It would have been ridiculous last year to ask it, but at what point does his meteoric rise surpass Nate Pearson? Um, give it or three more weeks, doesn't. and I think it will. <laughs> really? I'm, is it uh, yeah. That, the Honestly, that fierce. Do you think? If if we see three more really good starts in a row from him here, like if he continues this trend, I think he's going to be proven that he's showcasing a level of command. If he brings the hit batters down a little bit, maybe uh, that Nate Pearson just doesn't have. Nate Pearson has shown that he can throw strikes in AAA and AA, but he hasn't been able to throw strikes in the major leagues yet. So we don't know if Alapanoa can either. Like he maybe he'll come up and do the same thing that Nate did and walk five in his first start of the year but we just we just don't know but from everything that we're seeing so far he is very very elite and we have every reason to be excited about it yeah i think so too um let's talk about let's talk about triple a buffalo some more uh so they're playing in trenton in trenton new jersey right so they're wearing the the trenton thunder uh home jerseys for their their home games which is pretty neat because trenton's team didn't not get uh picked up as an affiliate by anybody this year so the jays are kind of or the, the bisons are kind of filling that void they'll wear their bisons jerseys on the road but uh the jays are gonna be moving to salem field for the first homestand in june this upcoming homestand in dunedin which starts tomorrow is going to be their last i believe it's a 10 game homestand which is awesome we get to finally see some home games we've had a lot of road games yeah. Um, the Blue Jays are expanding the capacity uh, at Salem Field through vaccinated seating se- sections. 
um, after New York changed the rules to uh, to allow larger uh, scale outdoor gatherings, um, they are going to offer Buffalo Bison season ticket holders uh, a nice two day advance. The ticket sales are going to go on on the 18th, and the general public will be available on the thir- the 20th, which is next Tuesday and next Thursday. Um, they're going to be selling tickets uh, for the first eight home games from June 1st to the 17th. And then they're going to allow the next home stands uh, ticket sales from June 24th to July 4th to go on sale uh, June 1st. I think they're not they're not going to sell full season tickets because they're still holding out hope that they can get back to Toronto at some point, which I mean it makes sense from the team perspective. Logically, probably not going to happen, but it's at least good to keep that possibility open. But they've made lots of upgrades to Buffalo, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they've done at Salem Field because. Uh, it needed some upgrades after the temporary setup they had last year, so I'm looking really looking forward to see what they've done to that ballpark, and it's going to make it a great facility for the, the Bisons for years to come. I'm excited. There is every reason in the world to be excited about this. Um, I, li- I just like Buffalo. I, I've always yeah. liked, you know, there are Philly fans. A lot of Jays fans. Like yeah, a lot of Blue Jays fans. A lot of fans of Toronto sports in general, which is nice, because uh, Buffalo teams kind of suck. <laughs> Looking um, at you, Sabers. The Bills are actually getting good again, but oh man, it makes you. That's so a topic for another day. Good, because like they're the closest thing we have to a team, like Canada-wise. <laughs> but well, maybe for Eastern Canada. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But I mean, go Buffalo. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Uh, injury updates. There's a bunch of them here. This is from yesterday, which was Wednesday. Uh, George Springer, who has the right quad strain, he is taking BP, or he was going to take BP yesterday and is going to start running drills. Tom Hatch, who has the right elbow impingement, he's going to be throwing, uh, he was supposed to throw two to three innings today at the Blue Jays complex. Uh, They're hoping to ramp him up to full, like six innings, 80 pitches when he comes back. Julian Merriweather is playing a long toss. He's out with that left oblique strain. He's on the 60-day IL, as is Tom Hatch. Another guy on the 60-day is Alejandro Kirk. He's hitting off the tee and throwing, but running is going to be his primary uh, challenge when his re- when his rehab does ramp up. Patrick Murphy, he was up with the rate AC joint injury. He threw an 18-pitch bullpen yesterday and is going to throw another soon, depending on how he, how he felt. Uh, Rafael Dolis, uh, he's scheduled to throw a bullpen on Friday, which is tomorrow. He's up with the rate calf strain. Uh, Anthony Castro... Um, he's expected to throw another bullpen by the weekend. He did throw one this week, but still felt a little bit of tightness in that right forearm. He has that strain. And then uh, Joe Panic with the left calf strain is hitting in the cage. So lots of guys making progress. Uh, nobody, there's nothing on here about negative, like no shutdowns, no setbacks. So it seems like all, what is it, eight of these guys on the list here are making positive recoveries. Obviously, the big names are going to be Springer, Merriweather and Kirk, uh, along with Dolis and Castro. If you can get three of five of three of those five guys back by the end of May, which is like two weeks left, really now, I think you're you're laughing. Depending where the Jays are sitting at that time. I mean, at twenty and sixteen, we're already like the fact that we're twenty and sixteen. It's impressive. Blows my mind. Yeah. I I figured we would be within five games of five hundred all the way up till July. Yeah, and then go on a tear. <laughs> but here we are, like where the team's already on a tear. Yeah, it's we're, kinda, it's we're really impressive. one game back of the Red Sox. They've played two extra games and have two extra wins, but we have the same amount of losses as them now. They're kind of falling back to earth a little bit. 
Yeah, and uh, we're I think we have the same record as the Yankees. We do. Right yeah, looking at the standings in the AL East, um, the the Red Sox are up top at twenty two and sixteen. They're five and five over the last ten. They actually have a losing record at home too, which I felt was surprising. Uh, the Jays and Yankees tied in second at 20 and 16. Uh, the Rays are at 19 and 19, a game or two games back of us due to playing some extra games. Uh, and the Orioles are last at 16 and 11. So still only five and a half games separating first and last. The big things that I noticed on here, yeah, the Red Sox with a losing record at home, as do the Rays and the Orioles have losing records at home, which is hella surprising considering that the Trop is usually a terrible place to play for anybody but they have a 7 and 12 record there and a 12 and 7 on the road so that makes them 500 but the Yankees are hot they're 8 and 2 over the last 10 but we were talking about this before the show they've had some covid issues uh, they placed Glaber Torres on the covid related IL today uh, they've had a handful of players test positive for covid in the last week so we'll see how that impacts both their schedule if they have to miss any games uh, but it sounds like the Yankees were one of the teams who had a pretty high vaccination rate. So hopefully this isn't a widespread thing. Yeah, hopefully everybody gets healthy uh, yeah. soon. If we uh, if we play them again, I'd like for them to be at their best. Yep. Um, we've already roughed them up. I think our record against our uh, AL East opponents so far this year is 7-4, and four, which happens to be the same record as our home record, uh, right. not because we played them all only at home. Uh, it's just a coincidence. Uh, but it's interesting when you look at this, uh, all these teams have played uh, 18 or more games at home, and we've only played 11. Uh, and it's going to even out, especially with this big home uh, uh, home set of games we've got. You said 10 in a row at home? Yeah, I believe it's 10. I can confirm that while you're talking. Yeah, so uh, what pleases me uh, about this um, upcoming uh, stretch of games at home is that we are going to be playing some teams that are competitive, but I think we, you know, because we're hot and, and they're not, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's nine games in 10 days. We have the off day on Monday the 17th, so it's three against yeah. the Phillies, three against Ta- our Boston after the off day, and then three against Tampa, so... Uh, yeah, those two divisional other, games. Yeah, those divisional games are huge. Those are essential. We need to win those series, bar none. Uh, and uh, the Phillies, you know, I I like the Phillies. I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, do we want to do a little quick little update though on uh, on James Dykstra? <laughs> yeah, let's give uh, another friend of the show a quick shout out, uh, James Dykstra, who we had on like early last year. Uh, he's in the minor league system. He's with New Hampshire. Uh, he actually got promoted to Buffalo, which I missed. So he's in AAA now. Uh, his first outing with the Bisons, he threw a scoreless inning, walked a batter, and struck out two. So through two appearances, he's got three innings pitched, one hit allowed, one walk, and five strikeouts. So good start to the year for a friend of the show, James Dykstra. He moved up quick. I remember we talked about that the last time we uh, we mentioned uh, James Dykstra on the show. I said it's it's going to be very quickly he's going to get moved yep. up because he throws he throws hard, very very high nineties, uh, and can I think he has broken triple digits at least. Yeah, that's what he told uh, us. <laughs> on vi- no on video he's done. Yeah, it. Um, confirmed. Uh, but I'm excited because you know. Uh, 
you never want to see guys get injured ever. There might be some opportunities later in the year for him if he continues. If he throws, if he chucks a hundred in Triple A and just he, nobody can touch him, then he'll get the call up. Yeah. Because eventually you run out of reasons not to call him up, even if the Jays are super hot. You'd, they're just not going to be able to justify not bringing them up. All right, let's get into some game recaps now. The Blue Jays are coming off another sweep of the Atlanta Braves, Patrick, uh, where we outscored the Braves pretty handily, actually. The, the most runs the Braves scored in the game was today. It was, it was only four, uh, and those came uh, on, on behalf of a couple of home runs. Obviously, our, our, our boy friend of the show, Strip, uh, had a rough first inning, gave up a solo shot to Ronald Acuna Jr. on the first pitch of the game, and then another run in that first inning, but then really settled in. I mean, he struck out nine batters over five innings, only walked one and gave up four hits today in that series clincher. Um, Tim Meza had a rough one. He gave up another home run to uh, Dansby Swanson and allowed two runs in his inning of work before Payamps, Bergen, and Romano locked it down for the Jays. Um, I'm kind of working backwards through this series. I'm trying something new. So uh, today's game, obviously, the Jays won. After the game, Charlie Montoya let us know that Ryan Barucki wasn't available because his arm was feeling tired. It wasn't in, and well, not an injury, just needed a day off. Uh, offensively, it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good outing. Thirteen hits, two hits for each of Semyon, Bichette, Teoscar, and uh, Biggio, and then Guriel and Davis both had a hit in an RBI too, which is nice to see contributions from everybody in the lineup. Travis Bergen was the winning pitcher, uh, and he's from it from the Atlanta area, so he grew up a. A Braves fan. I think his his family was in attendance today, so it's pretty cool for them to see their their son uh, pick up a big league win. Yep, uh, I would say the story of this game was the scary start. Yeah, uh, and then Stripling straight up locked it down. Yeah, he was awesome. He, he found his stuff immediately. The curve was working. Uh, he was hitting his spots uh, in the zone, and yeah, nine strikeouts to one walk in five innings. I'll take it. He was actually on track for the win until Dansby Swanson kind of spoiled that for us. I was a little pissed about <laughs> that but because uh, I wanted our guy to get a win. Uh, but you know what? It's not about the W anymore. It's about how good you are when you go out there because you can give up 10 runs and still win a game, I guess. Yeah, it was a much-needed um, solid start for Strip. He lowered his ERA from like 650 down to 590. So it was a good little improvement after that, after that shaky start, his ERA had bounced to over seven after that first inning home run and another yeah. one given up. So good to see him battle, um, earned himself Romano another, another turn in the rotation for sure. Romano in the ninth, man. Did you see that? Three up, three down, three strikeouts. Oh, his yeah. stuff was absolutely lethal. And did you see Vladdy mimicking his uh, delivery too? <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah, that. That was I funny. Hit the retweet. I smashed that retweet button <laughs> on that one. Um, but Romano, his stuff was just fierce command. He looked like the Romano from last year uh, who was just ripping guys uh, to pieces after Ken Giles got injured. Um, yeah. This is See, what I love about this team is that we can close by committee. We don't need a guy to go out there and, and get 50 saves for us. We're not, you know, there's no desperation when it comes to the game plan with the bullpen. It's very yeah, you, you, you play the matchups for sure. Yeah. Montoya's um, done a great job with that. And guess what? Nobody on Twitter talking about it at all. What nobody on Twitter has been, they have, they've been pretty quiet the last, the last few weeks. I've noticed uh, the, the haters um, in game two, which was yesterday on Wednesday, it was all about Hunjin Ryu. He, 
was awesome. He gave up one solo home run, but pitched seven innings of five hit ball, walked one and struck out six and lowered his season ERA to 295. The Blue Jays were able to score four runs on five hits, including two in the top of the ninth. They did score four in the ninth inning today as well, too. So back-to-back days scoring a lot of runs in the in, in the late innings to really seal the deal. Tyler Chatwood pitched another brilliant inning. He gave up, he was able to strike out two batters. And then A.J. Cole walked one, but then uh, stranded, the, stranded that runner and, and was able to pick up the save for the Blue Jays in that, in that game yesterday. The big story offensively was Teoscar Hernandez, who was two for three with two home runs, also walked and drove in three of the Jays' runs. And then Bo Bichette, he, was, he had a good series. He was two for three with a run and a walk yesterday also. You know what really impressed me about this? This was this one here was our ninth comeback win. Today and today's was, our, was the 10th, yeah. Today's was our 10th comeback win. The Jays are just the team that won't roll over. And as great a performance as Ryu had, you know, we bounced back, you know, squeaked a run in the sixth, squeaked a run in the seventh, and Chatwood gave them nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Cole gave them nothing to work with he had a walk that's it yeah but there's no wiggle room with this team you have to get to their starter if you don't get to the j starter you're done you're toast look at the trades they had that they had that they were clinging to that one nothing lead they couldn't get anything else off ryu and then the bullpen shut him down we have one of the best bullpens in mlb and I love we sh- it. we sure do, and we're missing Dolis and Merriweather and and Castro right now. So that's that's pretty impressive to still be able to fill in all those spots and all those innings. Um, game one of the series went on Tuesday. I saw the Blue Jays defeat the Braves five to three. In that game, they did what you just said. They got to Robbie Ray early. They had two runs after the third inning. They had scored one in the first and one in the third. Uh, ended up getting one more in the sixth off of Ray, who was able to go six complete. For a quality start, allowed three runs on five hits and a walk while striking out 10 batters. Two of the runs came on solo home runs, which, I mean, you hate seeing a guy give up home runs, but if he's going to do it, there may as well be with nobody on base. The Jays came back and scored two in the top of the sixth. Um, So when when Ray left the game, he was was in line for the loss down three to two. But after Trent Thornton shut down the uh, Braves in the seventh, the Jays were able to score three runs in the eighth inning. Uh, played by a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, base hit that, that scored a couple. Uh, he also had a home run in that game to the opposite field for a three-hit game. Teoscar Hernandez had uh, three uh, had three hits in that game too. And, and, and uh, Jonathan Davis really got that eighth inning started with he had a, a pinch hit which, and a stolen base, which was nice to see. Um, cash in one of those runs. Yeah, he sure did. And so it, overall, it was six strong from from Ray, who was his fourth great start in a row. Thornton with a nice inning. Uh, Chatwood pitched that day too with another two strikeouts. And then that day, Jordan Romano was able to work around a hit and a walk, and it was like a twenty-eight pitch inning to get the save there. A little bit. He didn't have the same command he had today, but he was still dangerous enough that the Jays were able to pick up that win and now hit the Phillies eleven to seven there. Are the Phillies? Sorry, the Braves. Um, you got the Phillies on the brain, as you'll see why in a moment. Um, but yeah, it was a great three games, six for six against Atlanta, Patrick Marsh, and that's a good way to start interleague play. Yeah, I think that one gets a chef's kiss as far as <laughs> how you, how you want your interleague to go. I think we're seven and one in interleague games so far. 
something like that. Just absolutely lethal playing our uh, NL cousins. Uh, yeah. This game, what interested or what I thought was interesting was that I don't even think we've seen peak Robbie Ray yet. He's still there's some things he's still working on. His command is. Uh, improved dr- drastically. He went from having like a D plus command at the start of the year to being a guy who can just do whatever he wants to do with the baseball, mostly throw absolute fireballs, uh, and he can pick his spots. Um, but when you're backed up by guys like Trent Thornton, who's just not giving hitters anything, and Tyler Chatwood, who's just not giving hitters anything, and Jordan Romano, who gives him a little bit of something. Uh, but that's only like 10% of the time. The rest of the time, you get nothing. <laughs> There's just, if, if, you, if you can't score at least five runs against the Jays and you have to get them all off their starter, you're screwed. Yeah. It's just every, every game, the script is the same. Guess who was leading in this game going into the sixth inning? The Braves. Guess who blew that? The Braves. And the Braves <laughs> aren't even a bad team. The script is the same. It gets replayed every game. Samin gets on, uh, you know, third or fourth time he gets around for the day, he comes on. Guerrero's always on. Hernandez is always a threat. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, like we've got guys like Jonathan Davis who can come off the bench and steal a key base late in the game, you know, trot in to score, just jog in to score. (laughs) He doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't always have to use those wheels. But this team, this is the look at the script, man. You can go back to like the last fifteen games we played. It's the same. Yeah, it just happens over and over again. It's, I think I, we're thirteen at what? What are we? Thirteen and six in our last nineteen games or something I like that. I believe that is close to accurate. Yeah, um, it's been it's been a hot stretch for the Jays. Uh, two guys I want to quickly highlight: Robbie Ray uh, is one of them. His fastball velocity is averaging the highest in his career right now, Patrick. Uh, he's at 95.2 miles per hour, uh, and he's dropped his walks per nine. Last season, his walks per nine, 7.84. This season, 2.6, which is the lowest in his career, while still striking out 10 batters per nine innings. And the home runs are actually down a little bit per nine innings over last year. And he's limiting contact. He's doubled, almost doubled his ground ball percentage this season. So uh, definitely whatever he worked on in the offseason with Pete Walker, uh, who should win the Cy Young Award himself, <laughs> give Pete Walker <laughs> the Cy Young this year for the work he's done with this pitching staff. Uh, and the second guy that I want to just quickly touch on with one number is Oscar Hernandez. So somebody posted a tweet, uh, WRC Plus since the 2019 All-Star Game, Teoscar is tied with Freddie Freeman, Aaron Judge, and DJ LeMahieu at 143, which puts him in a tie for 14th in Major League Baseball in WRC Plus since the 2019 All-Star Game. So two calendar years, and that's with 450 minimum plate appearances. He's one ahead of Josh Donaldson and two ahead of Fernando Tatis Jr. So Teoscar's been among the top 20 in terms of offense and runs created since the middle of the 2019 season. So um, for people questioning whether or not Teoscar is for real, I think all you've had to do is watch the game since he's been back off the COVID IL. I think he's hitting like 350 in those games. So uh, a couple of guys having great seasons for the Jays so far, Robbie Ray and Teoscar Hernandez. Doesn't it kind of feel good going into the weekend? Like we we've we nuked Atlanta from orbit. Like yeah. <laughs> there's just 
you, you we stole six games from them, and I'm just excited to play the NLE some more because I feel like their games are just going to wail on them. Although there's some interesting pitching matchups coming up against the Phillies, and uh, I guess we'll talk about that one next. We sure will. We're going to have a special guest joining us. We're going to have Jack Fritz from the High Hopes podcast. They're a Phillies cast out of uh, Philadelphia, of all places. And we'll have Jack on when we uh, come at you next. All right, joining us now, we have Jack Fritz, who is one of the hosts of the High Hopes podcast, which is a Philadelphia Phillies podcast. You can find them on Twitter, at High Hopes Pod. Uh, they're on all the usual uh, culprits for streaming, iTunes, Spotify, the whole the whole shebang. Uh, Jack, thanks for joining the show. Hey, yeah, guys, excited to be here. Uh, first time ever being on a Blue Jays podcast. I'm <laughs> I am super jealous of all the young talent you guys have, and uh, I hope you guys treat Austin Martin well because he's going to be a superstar. Nice, yeah, Austin Martin. We are extremely excited about that guy. He's kind of getting overshadowed by some other prospects in our system right now, mainly Alec Manoa. But right. uh, yeah, Austin Martin's going to be a stud, and we hope that he's ready to to help us next season, hopefully sooner if I get my way. But I know Patrick wants to ask you some questions about the Phillies. Patrick's a huge history nut, so I'm going to let him kind of dive into this. <laughs> yeah, love it's it. Kind of, it's kind of it's interesting how these two teams uh, they don't meet each other often because they're obviously and they're in completely separate leagues. But there's a lot of uh, connections. Uh, the main one I think most. Jays fans will think about is the World Series. Uh, I'm not going to beat you up too much on that one. I don't think <laughs> we need to address it. Uh, the Jays won, um, but we'll leave it at that. They but did. Actually, the Phillies. The Phillies uh, played a big role in uh, one of our dearest players uh, in franchise history as well. Uh, in uh, in Roy Halladay. Right. So. Um, yeah, Just thanks to, for taking care of our boy. Yeah, yes. yeah, uh, meant, meant a lot to us, uh, and uh, yeah, it kind of gave me an extra level of affinity for the Phillies. But I, I love right. the history of baseball, so uh, we don't need to get into like the <laughs> decades-long history of the Philadelphia Phillies. But where do you kind of jump into the into the history? Where do you kind of start your journey as a Phillies fan? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously from here, so I grew up right, right outside the city, and, um, you know, my granddad was a big baseball fan growing up, so um, we always watched the Phillies together and would argue of whether or not Charlie Manning was a good manager and whatnot, um, <laughs> and he, he ended up being right on that one, so he got that one right. Um, but, yeah, so it's really just been my whole life. I, I went to Veterans Stadium when I was a kid, um, you know, I... When I was growing up, the Eagles were great. Um, the Flyers were good. You know, they were pretty good. And the Phillies were kind of eh. You know, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of Omar Dahl and Randy Wolf and a lot of scrubs. Um, but <laughs> but but you started to see them. Uh, they were starting to build up. And, you know, Rollins came up. He was amazing. Um, Abreu was still there. He was putting up good numbers. Um, and then he, and Chase Utley came up, and that was like, wow, this guy's awesome. Eventually, yeah. Howard Howard came up after after uh, they traded Tommy. And, or not, no, Tommy was hurt, and they brought him up, and he was like, wow, this is crazy pop. So, you know, as those teams kind of faded down, um, the Phillies were, were trending up, and uh, I was playing baseball at that time. I was just I was just starting, um, and you know I kind of watched those guys every night and tried to emulate what they did. And then um, you know 
07 happened, and I, and I swear I was the biggest Phillies fan in my school. Like I was all geeked out all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's really like the Phillies are, you know, Philadelphia is definitely a, an Eagles town, and, and people react heavily to the Eagles, but I've always been a Phillies guy, and I live and die with them, and <laughs> this last decade has been trying. Um, but, you know, if, if they have a, at least a decent team now. I don't know how good they are, truly. Um, but they're decent now, and they've always been a part of me, and they've always been my favorite team. And, you know, it's it's a big investment, but I they, they are the best, and there's there's no feeling quite like when the Phils win. It just makes my whole day that much better. I can definitely second that with the Blue Jays myself, too. Yeah, the... The days are easier, especially when they play a day game like during the week. Like the Blue Jays played this morning for me, so by like one o'clock they they just won. So the afternoon was awesome. (laughs) I know. Well, and you guys, you guys had a good game today. I mean, it was uh, it was the Bichette big hit and all that stuff. So thank you for taking care of the Braves. You're welcome. We've done that six times for you this so far this season. So we were six for six against Atlanta. So ah, appreciate it. Appreciate (laughs) it. Yeah. But uh, obviously our teams are playing the next three days and we come in with identical, pretty much identical records. You guys have played a couple more games than us. We both have 20 wins. You've got 18 losses. We've got 16. So pretty, pretty even start to the season. I, I was looking at like some strength of schedule stuff. Uh, the Phillies have had like this one of the, the one of the more difficult schedules in baseball in terms of opponents winning percentage. And honestly, they've they've done quite well to see the couple games above 500. So. Uh, what's your thoughts on the team so far this year? Yeah, they're they're fine. Um, you know, I don't want to go overboard because I mean, I don't know. I won't, I'm sure you guys are the same way, but I, I start talk, <laughs> I, I start talking myself into them like very fast. Um, so I want to give you real analysis here. Um, but they're they're so weird because like every game's a tight game. Like they'll, they they've blown out one 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 game this year they beat the Braves 12-2 but every other game is a one-run game or they're making it close in the ninth or whatever like it feels like they can never totally pull away they've been they've been struggling heavily with runners in scoring position um and then you know the thing that's really killing them is they I think they have the third highest strikeout rate in baseball um and mm. they they've had more double digit strikeout games um this year than in all of 2011, the last time they won 100 plus games. So they're they're striking out a ton. Um, Hoskins has been disappointing. McCutcheon's starting to come out of it a little bit, but you know the main the main four in Bohm, Hoskins, uh, Real Muto, and Harper. Bohm's been awful. I mean, just he's batting 215 now. Um, right. Not not driving the ball, so that stinks. Because this this team is built on on offense. They're built on. They're built on, um, you know, just scoring runs, and they just haven't done that this year. Their one, two, three have been really good. Eflin, Nola, and Wheeler. Um, Chase Anderson's been whatever. I mean, you guys watched Chase Anderson we, last we year. We know all about that guy. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, he's not allowed to pitch into the sixth inning. I don't know if you guys are, are aware of that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's just the this team is built on offense, and the offense has been pretty brutal. So um, they're, 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 they've been fine. I don't think their record is indica- uh, indicative of their, their level of play. Um, they should be better, and um, it feels like they're, they're playing a little bit better, but they're not, they're not winning how they were designed to, I would say. Right. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the the standings, and they they have a negative five run differential. So I definitely understand your point of a lot of close games so far this season. Um, yeah, looking looking at the the starting pitching matchups for this weekend, 
game one is going to be a fun one. Look by the looks of it. I mean, Vince Velasquez, I uh, was taking a look at his past few starts, and he's been pretty good over the last month. Um, versus Steven Matz, who after a 4-0 start for the Jays, he's kind of been shaky. He's like a ERA north of nine in his, in his past three starts. So give up lots of home runs. So it might play right into the, the Phillies' hands. Of course, uh, we hope he can neutralize that lefty bat of, of Bryce Harper. But um, what do you think about game one tomorrow? Uh, well, if I know Steven Matz, like I know Steven Matz, the Phil's a light him yeah. up. Uh, they've always, <laughs> they've always lit up Steven Matz. Yep. Um, so, I mean, but he's, he's in a New Jersey now and I think he had looked decently well, but it's good to see him back down to earth a little bit because he's not, he was not, uh, he's not the, the two, three, one ERA to start the year was not the Steven Matz that I knew. Um, <laughs> and, and Vinny Velo, I mean, you want to talk about maybe the most excruciating watch in baseball wait for tomorrow night i'm telling you man he is so dreadful to watch it is like it is nibbling around the strike zone and no curveballs over for a strike and all that stuff but to his credit he has been better recently i mean uh he he was not in the starting rotation uh shockingly the matt moore experiment didn't go well really um (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Shocking that that didn't work out well. But so it's not 2017 anymore, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's 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 definitely not 2012 either. It's we're <laughs> far removed. But um, like Vinny's been good, and he's he's he, he's finally kind of pitching in a way. Like Vinny, right. for the longest time, was just like whenever he got behind or whenever ever he got down, he just tried to uh, blow fastballs by you and. And now, you know, in a 2-1 count, he'll throw a changeup or he'll throw a curveball. And the changeup's been a, a really good weapon for him. Um, so he's given them pretty good starts in their last, I don't know, four outings. Um, so he'll have his work cut out for him tomorrow. I think he pitched against the, the Blue Jays last year, and Rowdy Tellez hit a ball like 700 feet. Yeah. Um, so, so it, honestly, it seems like one of those frustrating matchups between two guys who should be better uh, that'll end up being like a four-hour game. Oh, God. And it's going to be like oh, 10 no. to 8 or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Vinny could easily blow up or he could be decent, but he won't get into the six, so you won't have to worry about that. Cool. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that's good to hear. Let's talk about Aaron Nola. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Aaron Nola. This guy, uh, I mean, he's kind of an up and down, right? Like, he, he had a shutout in April, but then he kind of got like, a little bit lit up to the to, by the Braves on, on Sunday, if I, if I remember correctly, hey? Yep, yep. Yeah, he uh, he he is he for he's mostly good. I mean, Aaron Nola mm-hmm. for the most part is good. He's a he's a good pitcher. He has troubles against the Braves. The Braves are kind of you know it's like Pedro back in you know oh four or whatever when he called the Yankees his daddy. Like that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what 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 the the Braves are for Aaron Nola. So um, yeah, he. The key for him is if he's getting his fastball to both sides of the plate early, it's going to be a long night. You know, you know, Nola is off if he is throwing a lot of curveballs and a lot of changeups early, um, because that means he doesn't have a good feel for his fastball command. And if he doesn't have feel for fastball command, he's not going to be able to um, to 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 make hitters look foolish with the changeup and with the curveball. Like those pitchers are good, but they're only really good um, when the the fastball is playing to both sides of the plate. So. Um, he usually bounce, bounces back after a down outing, so I would expect him to step up on Saturday night. Um, and he's he's just a good, solid pitcher. Um, and and I think I think 
for 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 you guys that don't get to see him too often, um, he's a lot of fun to watch when he's on because it's kind of a it's kind of a throwback. It's it's a ninety two mile an hour fastball with a lot of sink and a lot of dive to it. Good hmm. command usually, and um, some wipeout curveballs and changeups. So um, I hope he can outduel T- uh, TBD on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that you beat yeah. him by like two seconds. We 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 had Nate Pearson in that last slot in Houston, and obviously he did not pitch well, so he went no. back down to AAA Buffalo. Uh, it's likely, I mean, it's either going to be a bullpen day. You might see like a, a couple of bulk outings from guys like Anthony Kay and Trent Thornton, both who yep. have starting history. Uh, that that would be my my prediction. I don't know which order they start them in. They might go with Thornton first and then Kay, or any really combination of those two guys. That's probably the likely scenario. Um, but yeah, definitely give the Phillies the the edge in that pitching matchup, just based on not only numbers, but just based on confidence that I have in 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 Nola to be good that day. Has 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 K been the bad one from the from the trade, or has it been who's the other guy they got first? Simeon Woods Richardson was the other guy. He's been right. lighting it up in this first couple of starts in Double A. Um, he nice. was he's a top one hundred prospect already. I think he's like seventy eighth or something for us. Versus nice. K, who is already. A uh, triple A star. He was double A slash triple A starter at the time that we got him. Um, good lefty. He's got potential. He, he's kind of like a, a left-handed Aaron Nola. Has a lot of sink. Doesn't throw super hard, um, but just hasn't really been able to keep the ball down and has got hurt by some home runs this year so far in limited Fun. time. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> uh, I gotta ask you about Real Muto. I know uh, I care a lot about him because he's on my dynasty baseball team, which. I almost care more about anything else in my life right now because I'm finally having a good year. I had like a 10-year rebuild. It wasn't that long, but it felt like it. Uh, You're like the Phillies. Yeah, but he's on the COVID list. I know he took that foul ball off the the knee the other day. It was a little bit sore. Missed the game yesterday, and then they obviously placed him on the COVID list today. They said that all of his tests were negative. He just kind of has a bit of a... A tummy ache or something. Um, yeah. Are you are you worried about him? They said he's not flying to Florida right away. So is he going to miss the full series? Do you know? Um, I think I think there's a good chance he plays Saturday, and if okay. not Saturday, it should be Sunday. Um, cool. Seems like a, seems like a little bug thing. And it, so he, like uh, Girardi said um, in our pregame show today that if if he hadn't been sick last night or felt sick, um, he would have been able to be used late. So okay. he's he's pretty much fully recovered from the the knee thing. And yeah. uh, as soon as he's healthy, he should be in there. What about Didi Gregorius? I know he was banged up a little bit too. Yeah, he's uh, so for the second time this year, he's he's battling elbow issues, which is not great. Mm. Um, obviously, we know we had the the Tommy John a couple of years yep. ago, and that really zapped his power at the plate. And we've kind of seen that so far this year. He had the the grand slam against the Braves, but I think he's literally barreled up one ball since then. So um, it's been it's been a tough go of it for Didi and. Now it means the second time in 36 games he's had to miss games because of an elbow issue. So um, I'm way more worried about Didi than I am um, JT. But uh, this kid, Nick Maton, has been stepping in for him, and he's doing a pretty good job playing good defense. And uh, he's starting to pick it back up at the plate a little bit. So um, it hasn't been too noticeable without Didi because um, uh, Maton stepped up a little bit, and I expect him to be uh, in there tomorrow night. Cool. Uh, obviously, you mentioned McCutcheon at the top. Uh, he's kind of been hot lately. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the last 15 days. He's got a 314 average and an OPS just over over one. Uh, Real Muto and, and Roman Quinn are actually in that same vein. Um, 
obviously McCutcheon said four home runs the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's he's probably looked, probably one of the best best hitters the Phillies have had all season, hey? Yeah, I mean he was so bad for the first like two weeks of the season, uh, three weeks like just just dreadful. Um, <laughs> so it's nice to see him kind of rounding into to form here a little bit because. I mean, you guys know this. Your leadoff hitter goes as you go. Your team yeah. goes as your leadoff hitter goes. So he's been the leadoff hitter for this team. Um, he's not getting on base a lot, which is so weird because he's usually like a 380 OVP guy. Um, so that's been a little bit odd. He's still striking out a good amount. But, I mean, he's definitely hitting the ball harder. Um, he's, he hit a ball, you know, 420-something to center field the other day, which is a good mm-hmm. sign to nice. sign that he's back. So, um, yeah, they, they need him because if he's not going – um, we saw the offense the first couple weeks of the season. Like it was a, it was a struggle and it was a grind. So um, yeah, uh, McCutcheon's definitely rounding into form, and uh, yeah, it's it's important for this team. Yeah, our leadoff hitters played in four games this year, so oh, good. Um, Springer's been hurt <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah, so that's always had, good. You haven't had much fun with Springer yet. I mean, no, he, we he haven't. Had, we haven't had a chance. Right, that stinks. Um, last game on. On Sunday, yeah, we'll hopefully get there soon. Uh, Chase Anderson, who, yeah, Blue Jay fans are all too familiar with. He mm-hmm. had the seven ERA last season and, like, seven starts. It was pathetic. Against Robbie Ray, who's actually been phenomenal in his last, like, handful of starts. He just struck out 10 against Atlanta in that series opener and has struck out at least nine in three of his past four starts. Um, Anderson, on the other hand, uh, he he did he did have a pretty good little stretch against the Nats. Uh, he, at one point he retired 15 out of 16 batters, but he's still like you said isn't allowed to pitch <laughs> into the sixth inning, which again we all know too well. I think he made it maybe past the fourth once last year too. So um, I think Edge goes to Blue Jays in that last game. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn by saying that. No, you're not. But uh, I think Chase Chase has started to you know be fine. Like he, he's. He's five innings, and it's not pretty. It's a revenge game, too. Oh, listen, big revenge factor. But he's so weird, though. Like, he talks post-game, and he's like, I feel like I can pitch eight. It's like, relax, Chase. Like, let's let's just focus on getting through the six before you're worried about taking down eight innings. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was good. He was good against the Nats. Um, it was really kind of lucky, though. Well, not lucky. It was... It's hard to bank on it because it was um, he just had a good feel for his changeup and curveball, and he hasn't had that all year. So mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much Chase Anderson goes as his fastball and, or as his curveball and changeup go. If 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 he feels good with those pitches, he pitches well. If he doesn't, he gets lit up and walks a ton of people. So um, it, it's pretty much as simple as that. And yeah, I mean, given the given the Phil strikeout issues, I'm definitely not pumped to see Robbie Ray on Sunday. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, I would say the edge goes to the Blue Jays there. Now, real quick, if, has been hitting in Dunedin? Has there been a lot of home runs? Has it been like a offensive explosions down there? Um, we haven't played enough games down there really to know. I mean, the, the Jays have only had 11 home games so far this season out of our uh, first 36. So we've we've spent 25 days on the or 25 games on the roads. So we just don't really know, but in the games that have been there, we've seen a couple days where if the wind is blowing out to left center field, you see a lot of home runs there. Uh obviously with the golf the golf wind, it does it does make a make it a factor, but I I think the park factors so far have it somewhere around like 6th or 7th in the league in terms of like home run hitting so it's still nowhere near Coors Field but definitely uh an upper echelon in terms of hitters parks right because um Buffalo was bad with it 
Like I remember Buffalo felt like it was yeah, it, yeah a lot of home runs flying out of uh, out of the Buffalo Stadium. Yeah, and then they're gonna move back. We're gonna move back there first week in June. So there's this is the last homestand coming up. We've got ten games left in Dunedin, and then or nine games left. Sorry, and then we're moving to Buffalo starting in starting in June. So we'll see more more dingers then. <laughs> <laughs> good for Vladdy. Good for Vladdy. Yeah, good for the whole team. We've got some big boppers. Jays are second in the league right now, uh, three home runs behind Atlanta, who we just finished playing. So um, yeah, we've been hitting a lot of bombs, and that's without Springer, who has potentially hit forty. So. Yeah, <laughs> not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> One last question I want to squeeze in here at the end. Okay. Um, all things considered, like even, let, let's say, you know, uh, everybody in the uh, NL East gets injured an equal amount. And, you know, for the most part, everybody's got their superstars. Where do the Phillies land? Uh, and what do you see 38 games into the year that you didn't expect to see? Uh, and what are you hoping to see in the remaining 120? 20 something games um i would put the phillies uh third you know i think the mets are probably better constructed and um you know that lindor mcneil fight might have kind of got them going a little bit um and then the braves just the braves just owned us so like it's it's hard for me to put you know to put the phillies ahead of the braves um just because you saw it over the weekend it was like the same crap it's like they they come back battle late and we lose and it's just dreadful so um i always put the braves ahead of us i think they're way better than nationals and i think the marlins i keep waiting for them to fall apart i i, I just i'm not a believer in the marlins so i put the phillies squarely in third um so far this year the defense has been dreadful i mean i didn't think like i thought they were a bad defensive team but I mean, they're one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen. Um, so that that'll be nice for you. Um, like it's just, it's unbelievable how bad they are. Um, and it's just you, you can't, you, how a major league baseball team is is this bad defensively. I just I don't get I don't get because I mean I grew up watching the the middle middle to late two thousands Phillies, and it was like plus defenders at every position, uh, except for Howard and Howard at first and Burrell and left. I mean, you had Gold Glover in center field, Gold, Gold Glover in right field. Um, Utley was really good. Rollins was a Gold Glover. Pedro Feliz was a Gold Glover. Uh, Carlos Ruiz was a uh, Gold Glove caliber catcher. And now it's like uh, JT's good defensively, calls a bad game. Uh, Reese Hoskins is terrible defensively. Uh, uh, Segura's fine at, sh at second. Didi's been terrible at short. Um, <laughs> Bohm's been terrible at third. McCutcheon's moving slow and left. Uh, the center field's been uh, uh, crazy. Um, and Bryce has been fine and right, but it's like, oh my god, such terrible defense. So I would say the defense has been most surprising. Um, and I just think that, you know, once they get Archie Bradley back, the bullpen's going to be a strength of this team. So I'm looking forward to that day for sure. Nice. Well, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to join us, Jack. Uh, going to give you the mic for a few seconds here. Plug your stuff. Let us know where we can find you. Yeah. So uh, if you are in the Philadelphia area and want to listen to some sports radio, uh, listen to Marks and Reese on WIP. WIP is one of the one of the, the golden stations in, in, in sports radio. So uh, if you're ever down that way. Um, but also uh, follow me on Twitter at Jack Fritz WIP. Um, I do a podcast with James Seltzer. Uh, I think he's just at James Seltzer. We do the High Hopes podcast. If you uh, want some more Dynamite Phillies content, um, that's the place to go. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Awesome. Well, appreciate your time, and hopefully we can uh, chat with you sometime again. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Jack Fritz for coming on the podcast and talking Phillies Jays with us. We're looking forward to a great weekend series down in Dunedin, Florida, as the Jays begin 
the final 10-game homestand they will have at Dunedin this season before moving to Buffalo in June. Uh, before we wrap up, I just want to remind all of our fans out there that you can find us at BFMD Podcast on Twitter, on our website, bfmdpodcast.com. Listen to us on anywhere you get your uh, podcast, especially on iTunes and Spotify. Leave us a review if you can on iTunes. That greatly helps us get into the ears of more people out there. Retweet our stuff on Twitter. Help us out. For Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, it's Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon saying see you next time.